Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Unbroken, the podcast where we talk about emotional wellness. And my name is Kathy Wheaton Bird, and my co-host is Juliana. Hello, everyone. And I'm so excited about uh, just working on this podcast with you, Juliana. It's been a lot of fun so far, and I've learned so much. Thank you. And I'm, I'm having, uh, I don't know if I'd say fun, but I'm really liking just talking about uh, our emotions and mental health. It's something I've always been interested in. Great. I think a lot of people will learn as much as we're learning by listening and I'm excited about our second podcast episode and uh, Juliana is going to talk to us about anxiety. This is something we hear about a lot nowadays. So um, I guess I'll just jump right into it then, Juliana, and ask you the first question. If you, Can you tell us what is anxiety and how is it different than actual worrying? So anxiety is your body's natural response to stress. It's a feeling of fear or apprehension, uh, usually about what's to come. Worrying is having nervous thoughts about something and can lead to anxiety. Some people get anxious now and then, and some people have anxiety almost constantly. That's called general anxiety disorder, and that's what I have. Okay. So, can you describe how does anxiety actually feel? It can vary uh, from person to person and in severity. Uh, Sometimes it's just feeling restless or worried or trouble concentrating, uh, trouble sleeping, can have dizziness, a pounding uh, heart. But it's usually a feeling of fear. Uh, Like imagine you're walking to your car, you're alone, and then someone jumps out of nowhere and have a gun on you. You'd be scared. So imagine you're you're feeling that amount of fear. You're in the face of danger. And then imagine just trying to like turn that fear off. That wouldn't be able to happen. And anxiety, it's that, like it can be that level of fear, but there's no danger at the moment it's usually about uncertainty about what could happen and it's often very hard to just like snap your fingers and turn that off because that fear does feel very real um sometimes when i'm feeling anxious like very anxious um i get that that feeling of fear that can like be in your chest my chest gets tight I start to feel kind of dizzy, uh, I feel lightheaded, I can feel my heart pounding, my um, breath gets like shallow and fast, and uh, I think the first time I had an anxiety attack, my lips were feeling numb because the way that I was breathing was very fast and shallow, and I had no idea what was happening. It felt like I was going to die, like there was this feeling of like impending doom. And I went to the hospital, they checked everything, said, you know, you're likely having an anxiety attack. And I was like, you guys are crazy. Something's wrong with me. But no, it was, it was panic. Wow. That sounds so scary. 
to go mm-hmm. through something like that. Um, and thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it is very different than worrying. And uh, I think it's really important for people to understand that there's there's a huge difference. Um, so I know you've been uh, looking at kind of what your what it is that might cause you to feel that way, and then also doing some research. So can you give us a bit of info on kind of what can cause anxiety? There are um, quite a few causes, like overthinking a situation, uh, stress can lead to anxiety, unpredictability in your life. Uh, Some researchers have suggested that overactivity in some areas of the brain can cause anxiety or a chemical imbalance in the brain um, between dopamine and serotonin, your DNA, um, a history of trauma or stressful experiences, even just one time can make you fear that thing happening at any moment. Um, And if something traumatic or stressful does happen, it can cause something in your brain to try to adapt to a stressful environment. It's like your brain's kind of always on and tries to always be aware to prepare for danger. So it's like you're always on this precipice of this flight or fight response, especially for like generalized anxiety and for people who have PTSD. Um, so that flight or fight response can can become overactive. I have some more notes. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of like you're on high alert, I guess. And, and, and it can be triggered quite easily then, I guess, eh? Is that what you mean? Yeah, for some people, like, uh, I used to get teased a lot, and we moved around constantly. So I would go to a new school, and I'd kind of have this fear that um, kids would just start teasing me and, like, laughing at me for whatever reason. And I still kind of feel like that um, fear, even as an adult, if I start a new job, I'm like quiet and I'm like just kind of testing the waters to see if these people are nice or not. And (laughs) uh, they usually are, but it's just that fear from like when I was a kid, it's still there. Okay. Wow, that's um, that's really uh, insightful how you described it in in terms of getting a better understanding of what it's like. Um, So how did and how does anxiety affect your life or how did it before? Um, Well, I have the generalized anxiety, uh, which could be um, kind of a a symptom of my childhood, which was unpredictable and there were some traumas. And I also could have inherited Uh, something from my dad's side because uh, my half-sister through my dad also has generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I think it's more social anxiety, but it's still there. Uh, But I like, I overthink things a lot. Um, I, I used to be so held back by this fear that I never really did much. I never took any chances. And it wasn't until I was like 24, that was in 2012, 
um, I was very sick, too sick to work, and a doctor was like certain that I had a tumor. So I started thinking about cancer, and I thought, what if I had cancer? What if, what if it's malignant and it's a high stage because usually it's a high stage of cancer when you start to feel symptoms. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if I die? I'm only 24. And I had these regrets because I never did anything. I never took any chances. So I kind of told myself, if I ever start can like live a normal life again, I'm going to do what I can. And I was kind of lucky to have that realization at a young age because people don't have realizations like that until they're a bit older. So, like, it affected me in, in that it held me back a lot. And so when you had that kind of that epiphany, I guess, um, when you, I guess, were kind of reflecting on your life, was that kind of what led you to getting some help and support to deal with the anxiety that you were experiencing? Yeah, that was um, probably, might have been like the main thing just telling myself that I, I need to to take what I would think of as risks or chances and not not let my fear hold me back. So did you um, did you try and help yourself before you sought you know somebody um, to kind of help you work through it? Had you ever tried to deal with your anxiety on your own initially? to try and lessen it? Um, people would suggest meditation to me. And I tried it like once. I just tried the, the kind of meditation where you just try and empty your mind. And I didn't really feel anything. So I was like, uh, well, this doesn't work for me. And I just, I didn't know what else to do. And then I went to go see a therapist who gave me some some coping mechanisms so how what how did you feel when you went to see a therapist i know that that can be a hard thing just to to you know make a decision to go see somebody did you feel comfortable doing that for the first time not entirely i mean i did have some anxiety just about talking about how i was feeling because i used to be like really private and I grew up around people who uh, always said whenever I was feeling like sad or scared uh, to just toughen up. So I just kept everything in. And then, but then once I started talking and seeing this therapist be very receptive and very open and just going like, you know, nodding, saying yeah, and saying I, it's apparent why you would feel that way. Like it was very validating. And then I became much more comfortable. Wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. I feel kind of lucky that I got a good therapist because if the first person that I saw wasn't a good therapist, I, I don't know if I would have went back. Yeah, I guess it's a, a kind of a risky thing to do if you're really private too. Mm -hmm. That's, um, even for people who aren't like particularly private, um, they might have, you know, tried opening up to a friend and if that person said just get over it or just didn't know how to respond or maybe said something that made them feel worse that they might feel like they can't talk to people. Yeah, I think it would be it would be challenging for sure. Um, so, 
the other thing, I guess that kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to ask you is what are some of the stigmas? Oh, um, before we go there, uh, I just want to talk about how my therapist helped me. Oh, I would love to hear that. So I talked about my anxieties and asked like how I could get through them. And she said the best way to get over anxiety or anything that you fear is through exposure exposure therapy where you kind of expose yourself to things that make you anxious or afraid just like a little bit at a time so um what's something that i did first driving on the highway uh used to make me super nervous um especially if i was driving by myself i just have this fear that like I could get into an accident or uh, a deer would come out of nowhere or um, I would zone out and then drive into someone. So like, you know, driving little, little distances at a time and just seeing that it's not that like nothing's likely to happen. And uh, as long as I can (laughs) keep my focus on the road, then I'm good. And um, just kind of telling myself that if I can push through this, it might get better. So I got to a point where I was able to do stand-up comedy. Um, I went on stage. I was super nervous. I tried to find excuses to not show up. But I told myself, you know, if I don't do this because I'm anxious, I'm going to be looking back on myself with regret for probably the rest of my life. And I don't want to be in that spot where I was at 24 with regret. So I would just say, go for it. Because you don't want to be on your deathbed with full of regrets. So I would just expose myself to things here and there. And um, I, my therapist, um, taught me how to identify my emotions and the root causes of that. And then I I found guided meditation, which is a type that uh, worked for me. Um, I learned about grounding, uh, where you try to like make the one part of your body, maybe just your feet are touching the ground so that you know that you're safe and it could keep yourself from disassociating. Wow, so so did you feel safer kind of going through all these different processes having that therapist treat you? Uh, yeah. That's great. It's, it, you know, um, I think it's a really positive message to Juliana that when there's something that we can't uh, fix by yourself to, you know, there's people out there that have all these great tools and techniques and support systems that can actually help us get through that, um, not alone anymore. So, you know, that's great for you that you, uh, you reached out and you got help when you needed it and it actually made a huge difference. And yeah, I often say that, uh, therapy saved my life. Wow. And you did stand-up com- com- comedy. 
you know, I don't think there's very many people that would actually have the courage to do something like that. Now, that seems like one of the most intimidating situations to put yourself into. <laughs> it is. There are actually quite a few comics who have like an anxiety attack before a show and they still do it because it's what they love. Wow. I, I just picture uh, going on stage and, and the heckling. <laughs> it must have been pretty scary for you the first time you did that. How was that? Um, it was very scary going up to it. I was like shaking. <laughs> I don't think anyone noticed though, so that's good. Like my mouth was so dry. I was so nervous, but afterwards I was so glad I did it. Wow. I'm so proud of you. I was proud That's of myself. Amazing. Yeah, it was always one of my dreams. I love comedy. So in, in your uh, your video, your broken video, is that that clip of you on stage, is that the same time that you, was that your first time or a different time? That was the first time. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So just a reminder that Juliana has a documentary that she produced. And she actually has a clip of herself on stage when she did that. So that was your part of your exposure therapy that you were using for your anxiety then. Yeah, it kind of was. And I did do it again uh, a year later and I was a little bit less nervous. <laughs> wow, you're pretty brave. <laughs> okay, so um anything else that your therapist uh gave you as you know other things to try i believe she told me that if i feel like i don't have anyone to talk to i can just write uh because you know we all have paper and pens and pencils and that's still it still feels good to just write something even if no one's ever gonna see it you can write something down and then throw it away you can burn it um and she listened to me. And that, that was probably the biggest thing to someone who listened to me and said, yeah, I can see why that you have these fears and why you feel depressed. I mean, it makes total sense. And just that kind of validation from someone who's a professional, because sometimes I would feel like I should be doing better, but I have to remind myself that I'd been through so much that, and that, you know, it's not my fault. It's like that, uh, that scene from, um, oh, what's that movie called? Goodwill Hunting. When Robin Williams' character is telling Matt Damon it's not his fault, and then Matt Damon just, like, breaks down because he, he had a really traumatic childhood. All right. So that emotional understanding, I guess, that she, she uh, created with you was, was very, quite healing then. Yeah, I like I think um a lot of people who have anxiety or depression or um whatever other mental health problem um it's not so much that we feel alone or that there's no one to talk to it's that there's so little people that really understand like that's what you're looking for it's not just for some people they might just want to vent but for someone like myself I just want them to like truly understand what I'm feeling. I think that's a really important message for all of us too, mm -hmm. is we need to know the experience more 
and to realize that sometimes if we've never gone through it, we're comparing it to something that doesn't seem as maybe acute as what you're experiencing. So we really need to educate ourselves. I think that's so important. Yeah. And that's something I need to remind myself too. Like uh, my experiences are, are not the norm. So, you know, it's not someone else's fault that they're not understanding. If they if they had never felt it before, they won't be able to imagine it. Because we can only really imagine things that we felt. We can't just imagine a completely new feeling. Exactly. Yeah. So I just got to remind myself that I need to be more patient and not just get frustrated because no one, like, no one understands me. <laughs> yeah. But there are people out there, you know, there are. Um, support groups on social media or like um, in real life um, sometimes a, a quick google what search again? there are like support groups on okay. social media there might be something on facebook or um, there are some um, sometimes you can find there's a an anxiety and depression support group uh, in prince albert I don't know if they still have it, probably. And it was just this group of people that would meet twice a week and just talk about things to other people who are also going through uh, maybe the same things or who are like feeling the same things. Wow, that's a great idea. People mm -hmm. that actually understand each other. And just like knowing um, that the other people there are also kind of looking for the same thing that you are. Like that, that helps you know that it's like a safe space that you can you can be open and they're not going to like ridicule you or telling that you that you're too sensitive so that um uh that issue of stigma you've run across that in, in the past then um yeah i there have been times where i i say like i before I started doing like therapy and whatnot um like while I was too sick to work my anxiety was really high and that was because my um my adrenaline was high like the actual norepinephrine this uh catecholamine it's um it's a part of your adrenaline response so that was like always high and it made me very anxious like I would startle super easily I would jump I was like a cat if something oh. if someone moved too quickly I would like jump a little bit it was so weird um but like my older brother just did not understand it because he's he's not an anxious person at all and I'd be like no I can't drive it, it makes me really anxious and he'd be like just take some medication my friend has anxiety he's on medication he's good now and I like back then I was very uh sensitive to medications and some of them would make me feel worse actually and I would try to explain that and they'd be like, oh, you're just overthinking things. So I just, um, so if someone responds like that, I just don't want to talk about it to them anymore. And sometimes I don't even want to talk to them anymore. And at that time, our relationship was kind of strained. And, but I also see stuff on social media. Um, someone kind of older, like maybe 50s, posted something about how they think that anxiety is people being too lazy to address their worries. And I was like, <laughs> I was so upset at that because for people with generalized anxiety, it's more than just worrying. Uh, for someone like myself, my flight or flight response is overactive and I can't just turn it off. 
you know, it's not always just worrying. It's not something that we can just control. If I start overthinking, mm-hmm. I can't just stop my mind. That's just how it is. My mind's it's very active. And that's something that's pretty common with people who have ADHD. That's why we take stimulants because our brains are understimulated. So my brain's is trying to to like create more activity sometimes. And anxiety, like I said before, sometimes it can have a physical cause. It can be um, your brain can have overactive areas or there could be an actual chemical imbalance. And sometimes it's even caused by an unhealthy gut. So I, I um, paid more attention to my diet and I'm trying to focus on my gut health. And when I do, I, I feel a, a difference in how I think and um, my emotions kind of feel more balanced as well. Wow. Well, that's great because you're being so proactive and, uh, you know, I really, it, it's, it's too bad that you had to go through, you know, some of those negative attitudes and, uh, you know, saying that it's kind of like laziness on the social mm-hmm. media post. I, you know, I, I've seen and heard some, some pretty judgmental negative comments too about anxiety. And, and minimizing, I guess, what it really is and and mislabeling it as worrying. But that's kind of the, the point of this podcast, you know, to, to help some and inform others. You know, I, I know that for myself, I, I actually was very uh, not supportive mm-hmm. to someone in my own family because I had that same mis- misconception and uh same attitude uh basically not really believing i guess that anxiety was any worse than worrying gone gone out of control and i honestly thought that all you had to do was just kind of get a grip on it and you'd be fine Mm -hmm. and i was so wrong i was so so wrong um I really didn't know the difference of the experience between worrying, which I had gone through, and anxiety, which I hadn't gone through. I really didn't understand how different they really were. I, I, I think I read it somewhere on the internet. Someone said, you can't change your behavior from the past, but you can change your behavior now so that you change it for the future. So you, like, um, trying to inform yourself about anxiety, you're changing your behavior so that you can maybe help people uh, in the future or now. Yeah. And, you know, um, I do have a couple of phobias Mm -hmm. when I likely, it it is very similar to what you had talked about when um, you had a, a panic reaction. So I definitely know what that feels like. Yeah, Um, And that's very different from worrying. So, you know, um, doing that comparison at the beginning, that's very, very helpful for me to really kind of focus in on what it is you're talking about. Because that's not something that you can just turn off, like when I have that reaction to the phobia that I have. So, you know, very different for sure. Another... um... Another thing I saw on the internet, someone trying to explain what anxiety was like, uh, they said 
imagine you're a kid and you're sitting in one of those like four-legged chairs and you're tipping it back and that feeling you get for a moment when it falls it's like that but long term oh wow and I thought about it and I was like yeah it's like that especially when you're like in the moment or like in the 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 period because anxiety lasts much longer than a moment unfortunately wow yeah, so it's a, it's a, a feeling of fear, like you had said, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that uh, people shouldn't say to someone that has anxiety? Let's say, let's say you're feeling anxious and maybe someone's trying to help. What are some things not to say? <laughs> uh, don't say, just get over it. Uh, don't say, just stop overthinking. Or just stop worrying. Don't say, just stop. Uh, because you can't just turn it off. Those are probably the biggest things. Oh, when people say, what do you have to be worried about? That makes you feel like you shouldn't. Um, have these fears and that um, like there's something wrong with you and especially uh, when it comes to depression as well saying like what do you have why do you even feel like this things are going well for you like um, you don't know what else is happening you don't know what it's like to live in someone's head uh, especially if they have like a mental illness That sounds so judgmental to say something like that to someone. Mm -hmm. Like you're ungrateful. Yeah. Wow. Any other things that might not be very supportive, I guess? Yeah, like... uh, um, Just don't be dismissive, I would say. Okay. Like, the you know, just, just listen to the person and accept what they say. So if somebody is trying to question the experience, then that can be something that's not very supportive for you. Yeah. Okay, great, that's good to know too. So one thing we were talking about when we were just kind of planning this out is the upside of anxiety in which kind of doesn't sound like there is one but um there's a purpose for the feeling so what are some of the things that you learned about juliana about the positive things about anxiety um one thing i noticed from myself and a lot of people that i know who also go through a lot of anxiety is that we're very sensitive and more empathetic so i looked into it And there's actually been shown to be a correlation between anxiety and empathy. And I think the world needs people who are very empathetic because those are the people that like do good. And sometimes they're the ones that make change. And fear is our intuition. And we can learn to use that to our advantage, like predicting the behavior of others. Um, I finished reading a book called The Gift of Fear. And the author is this guy who had a pretty traumatic childhood. And he would be afraid a lot, but 
he learned that he could predict the behavior of like his mom or his many stepfathers by looking for subtle clues and then he um he came up with a system i can't remember what it's called but it's now being used by the united states secretary of defense so he used all those uh fears that he felt as a child to help um, the Secretary of Defense uh, also learn how to predict the behavior of people. Uh, For anyone who has anxiety, I would really recommend that book. It's called The Gift of Fear. It says like so much, uh, if if you have a fear, like if you're a woman and you fear being um, sexually assaulted, he has some, some tips on predicting the behavior of like strange men uh, predicting the, the behavior of burglars, uh, like so many different situations. And if you just pay attention to these like subtle clues in people and the things that they say, if a person is talking to you like a strange man and he's giving too many details, that's something to be um, to be aware of. And if something feels off, he always said that they were likely right, that the person that he was talking to would look back and say, oh, I felt started to feel kind of apprehensive about something when they said one thing but they tried to just brush it off because they didn't want to appear rude and he said that uh you know a lot of women get into these bad situations because they don't want to appear rude to people and he said it's okay to be rude if you know eventually your life could be at stake and he talks about um the gift of fear like um and using our intuition to our advantage it's a good book. Wow, that's you know it, it's. Uh, I I like, I like how you brought that into this whole discussion because a lot of times I think, we kind of say, oh well, this is an illness or this is a condition or whatever you know something negative. Yeah. But that sometimes it is a quality, a positive attribute we have that it has its good side that you know we don't we're not even aware of and and just calling it a gift is such a a great way of looking at it and the fact that you know you have that increased capacity for empathy and intuition like that's just a beautiful way of looking at anxiety in a positive way so Thanks so much for sharing that. That's great. And something that helped me look for like positives uh, anywhere I could was when I started practicing guide, um, gratitude. Uh, there are, I think I talked about this app in the last uh, podcast, an app called Let's Meditate. It had one on gratitude and the, the narrator, I guess, would say, uh, think about uh, a negative experience and try to find something good that came out of it or a good lesson that you learned and so I started doing that more and more and I can now look at that period where of uh, five years where I was too sick to work and living in isolation and really depressed and anxious and feel grateful that it happened because I have grown so much and without that, I, I wouldn't have gone to therapy. I wouldn't have uh, started meditation. I wouldn't have started uh, smudging. I wouldn't have 
learned more about my culture, like I wouldn't be doing this. I'd probably still be private and very closed off and just um, lonely still and too afraid to do things. And I, I no longer look at that and feel bitter about that. Because I used to, I used to sometimes feel that and I can now notice when I'm starting to feel uh, bitterness about something or frustration and say, do something positive or just like, hey, you're feeling bitter, go smudge, you're starting to feel anxious, try to, try to um, go meditate or something. Well, that's great. Uh... You know, that's such a, uh, a hopeful story, just talking about, you know, how taking, a, I guess, a situation, a negative situation, and instead of uh, looking at it as, you know, this is something bad that happened to me, it's like more of a turning point kind of way of looking at it as this was a positive turning point because you, you developed and learned so much about yourself and that's a good way of looking at things like it's uh i'm sure gonna provide a lot of inspiration to people that you know uh really wanted to work on their their anxiety and eventually see it in such a positive way yeah i'm i'm really glad that uh that i i had to go i guess i am glad i had to go through that there's something about like hitting your own rock bottom that can make you do better. Like I, I was in an incredibly low place and instead of becoming very bitter and angry and, uh, you know, hitting the world because I got sick, I came out a better person. And that's, you know, that's not something that uh, a lot of people could probably say because, um, Sometimes uh, we go through bad experiences and it just makes us like angry at uh, at the world or at the universe or whatever, you know, you get thinking like, why me? Yeah, and that just sounds like it's such a, a something that a lot of people would probably question is, yeah, why me? And, uh, and, and feel like, you know, I don't know if I can, you know, fix this or, or get yeah. or feel better. So... You know, your story is very powerful and very healing um, when you share, you know, what you went through. Um, I just want to ask, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's kind of, you know, hasn't tried anything yet, but they know that, you know, this sounds really familiar, what Juliana described. I think I do have anxiety too. What kind of advice or tips would you give to that person? to uh you know uh work on that and and start to feel some recovery um i would say listen to your fears uh try to look into and find the root cause of what's causing anxiety uh it's often caused by uncertainty uh we tend to fear what could happen but the mere fact that you're worrying about something is a predictor that it isn't currently happening. Um, I would say explore some calming techniques like breathing exercises where you just like take a deep inhale and a deep exhale 
doing that, you can actually feel your body calming. Grounding exercises. Um, I would suggest seeing a doctor. You know, you can you can get a blood test. Uh, ask if you can um, look for any like nutritional dif- deficiencies. Um, I think some low B vitamins could cause feelings of anxiety and even depression. Um, and there are some supplements that you could take if you're down with going that route. Go to any drugstore, um, ask about like magnesium or L-theanine uh, to the pharmacist because they're very likely to be knowledgeable on, on supplements because, you know, they studied, uh, I think they studied nutrition and also, you know, uh, pharmacology but like listening to your body if you notice that you feel more anxious after eating certain foods maybe cut those out and just remember that it's okay to put your mental health first that's great any suggestions for getting some of that outside support maybe um some good places to check or you know is our how do you get a hold of a therapist um you can pretty much google like therapist near me uh or you could go to sask health if you go through sask health there's a bit of a wait um you could see a private therapist but they're very expensive and you will have to pay unless you have uh, some kind of extra insurance or benefits through work but um it's it's a couple months waiting if you go through Sask Health, but uh, it's I'd say it's worth it. Okay, and I just wanted to to uh, remind our First Nation listeners that um, there is a, a health benefit through your Indian status that that you can uh, if your therapist is on the list of approved therapists that those costs can be covered as well so that's that's a good thing to know as well um and and then insurance Um, yeah um i don't know like for people who are non-indigenous and who who don't have benefits i don't know if it's free through sask health but i'm sure like you could just call mental health in like prince albert or whatever city or town you're in and just ask them yeah and if you go through uh the province of provincial uh mental health yes it is free okay that's good yeah awesome good to know it is good to know oh and for anyone who's in prince albert there is um emergency counseling i think it's like monday to friday uh between 9 a.m and noon and then 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., you can just go to the Vic Hospital at the bottom to mental health and say you need to see a counselor. You can see a counselor that day. That's great. Yeah. Anything else we should know? My mind just went blank. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing that I can think of, of adding. Well, I learned a lot and I certainly appreciate. I think that I think the thing I learned the most, Juliana, was the feeling of anxiety mm-hmm. the actual feeling of anxiety or description of it was just so vivid um I, I i think i truly have a 
much better, more accurate idea of the experience. And I think it's going to definitely give me a lot more uh, ability to be supportive mm-hmm. because I'm seeing it more as a fear response than a worrying response now. And, and that's totally different. And I appreciate the, you know, the, the time that you took to, to really describe that for me. I was kind and, of I was uh, kind of worried about um, if I wouldn't describe it well enough because sometimes I'm not that great at describing it. So I really have to like think about what I'm going to say beforehand. Well, you did a great job. Awesome. Very helpful. So um, I think that's it for questions. And thank you so much for for uh, talking about anxiety today and, and sharing your personal experience and and how well things are going uh, today for you. Yeah, and it took, it took a long time. Like, I think I really started to make an effort in like 2017. That, I think, yeah, that's when I went to, to see a therapist and started doing, um, taking more initiative to, to work on myself. Great. Yeah, that's one thing I like to add. It's um, it's it's a slow process. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna immediately feel better the first with the first thing you try. It's it's slow change. And you know, one day you might just be like, oh hey, I've been feeling pretty good for a while. Like it kind of just hits you how how well you're doing because it happens gradually. Oh, that's great to know. And mm-hmm. so I, I like how you listed all the different things that you do and have done. So it's not just one thing all the time. You're yeah. doing a, a bunch of different things and you're just kind of trying what works. And sometimes it works and I guess sometimes it doesn't. But you just, you know, adding more tools to your toolkit, they say. I'm like my own guinea pig just because <laughs> you're yeah. my... Uh myself for like trial and error great thank you so much juliana and this is a great second podcast episode it was wonderful thank you so much thank you and thank you to whoever's listening to this great all right okay then thank you and bye bye